0: Welcome back to yet another episode of Taste of Meaning. We are in the epitome of season four, which is a very nice even number to be on. Uh, before we get to our advertising of the week, some just quick announcements. Um, be sure to check out our Taste Meaning website for our shop page. Right now we are having a sale because we have limited stock left and we just want to, you know, basically like end of the, like end of the uh, inventory sale type thing. We want to get rid of all the remaining shirts and Items we have left because we are very close to submitting our donation and we're very excited. So, just you know, family reminder all proceeds that we earn from the sales all go to the LA Regional Food Bank. With that said, kicking off to Charlie for our appetizer of the week.
1: Nice, nice. That's great to hear. Um, what do other podcast people say? Rate and review the podcast.
0: Do that oh, yeah. too. <laughs> be sure to give us five stars on Spotify <laughs> <laughs> or wherever you listen to your podcast. Rate and review yeah, us. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, appetizer of the week. This is something that um, I was talking about. You know, maybe our, before our last episode, but I think we wanted to kind of reserve it for this one. And it's around sort of language and how language can really be um, understood cross-culturally but almost like cross experiences and so kind of where what led me to this conversation was I think in my wife you know she's trying to be able to really hone in on developing her um I don't know development in language for her language which is Cantonese and then for me like I, I feel like as she's learning it I'm also picking it up as well because like Cantonese is also like a tonal language as, similar to Thai and I reflected a little bit because she also talked about like how one of her coworkers is Thai and was also kind of teaching her as well. And it was funny like uh, she had called me one day on her drive home from work and was like, "Hey, you know, I learned this word from, or yeah, this word or this phrase from my coworker." And I, I was asking, uh, "Okay, well, like, what is it?" And she's like, "Well, it means this," and. But she wasn't really sure of like how to say it, and I was like, "Just say it." Like I might be able to kind of get the the sense of it or the context. And to kind of give a little background, her coworker is Thai and also was born in Thailand, so that that's going to be important because for me, I was born here in the states, so different experiences there. So she said the word, um, and I'll say it here uh, just so that way, like you all can kind of hear how it's pronounced. So it's my Rai. Right. So that's the word. And I, and I was listening to it, I was like, I think I understand what that is. Um, At least how I've used it growing up for me, it was more so like it translates to like, oh, like no problem. Like my pen right. Yeah. So it's kind of like a phrase in a way. And it, it, it's interesting because how her coworker explained it to her and like that word, it was it's used differently or or there's a different, I guess. um, Not definition, but like. Like the meaning of it is different from how her, her co-worker said and i was like that's so interesting because even the fact that her co-worker is born in thailand came here and for me being born here our thai while it's slightly different it could be sort of different um regions maybe perhaps or different ways that like it's, it's spoken there in thailand versus here the fact that like i still understood it was really really cool um and, and i think that's super significant because I remember when I was in Thai club back in undergrad, I had this sort of like experience where I didn't belong of, you know, I connected with the people in there. I love them. They're awesome. But it was always this feeling like, oh, there are people who were born in Thailand but came here and I was born here. Like I almost felt as as if I wasn't enough, like my Thai wasn't good enough because it wasn't like Thailand Thai. And I think over the years, I've really started to own like who I am, where I was raised and and how I grew up as hey, you know what? Like the Thai that I spoke growing up, like I'm I'm glad my parents spoke to me in Thai and I'm glad that I picked it up and I have a language I could say I'm fluent in. And I can also recognize and honor the fact that other people who were born in Thailand who who also speak it, they I could learn from them as well. So I started to really honor both sides as opposed to diminishing mine versus theirs and so that's what something i wanted to bring up that was interesting is just like how how do people experience language that is similar yet different but still being able to honor both
0: yeah no i think that always ties back to something we talked about in our first season of the podcast is like finding finding that sense of community or belonging that a lot of like first generation individuals have because like for example as someone who's mexican-american sometimes Like I go, not even sometimes. Like I go through this pretty often, where I'm either too white for other Mexicans or too Mexican for white people, right? So there's always that middle. And as you know, we've been recording this podcast for two years, and this is something like I said like two years ago, right? And to this day, like I still feel that way, but it's more that I'm understanding that there's a lot of people who also feel that same um, sentiment and emotion, and it's kind of hard to find where you belong because. Like, yeah, I understand Spanish as fluent as I can with my parents speaking it while I was growing up versus like how I actually try to speak it myself. Like sometimes if I'm not confident or not knowing the words too well, I'm going to sound more whitewashed (laughs) than I would like to. But um, I totally get what you mean when it comes to like having someone speaks like for my case, Spanish from Mexico versus speaking Spanish from here, especially growing up if you grew up in a household where your parents spoke primarily Spanish, your Spanish would be a lot stronger versus my household. Like my parents both speak Spanish, Spanish fluently. My mom also speaks English. So if I ever needed that escape that I don't know something in Spanish, I can easily tell my mom in English. And I always had that like excuse not to like practice as hard. Um, so I, I totally get that. And there's also like different um areas and parts of like each country that speaks differently like versus like let's let's use the united states as an example because most of our listeners can relate to that how we speak here in california is completely different than how someone would speak in texas how someone would speak in new york right same country just just different parts of the of this like nation like different states like you're the way you speak from, even like honestly Cal versus socal is already has different ways of speaking like the linguistics that we have just speaking English is different on the northern side of the state versus the southern part of the state
1: that's such a great yeah oh my gosh that's a really good point I mean because because even then like uh, the while it's still the same state it's like Mm -hmm. there's two different experiences like you know being in SoCal versus being in NorCal I mean we could (laughs) there's a whole conversation (laughs) there in itself and you know what's interesting I'm I'm glad we're actually bringing on a guest that you know lives in NorCal um, grew up in NorCal so it's Coincidentally, that that that's actually kind of works out.
0: Yeah, like when I went to university, my first few weeks moving in, like we like our dorm had a lot of individuals who came from North Cal, right? Who came from the Bay Area, and they would say "hella," Mm. super frequently. And of course, us like SoCal people were like, "What does that even mean?" And (laughs) "hella" just means like really or super. You know what I mean? It's meant to like, like add emphasis to something like oh that's hella good or like that's hella cool you know what i mean like it's just adding emphasis to the word that follows after like we have anything in socal that's uh, like a word we say often it okay Tell me if I'm mistaken, but is it dude? <laughs> it probably is dude. <laughs> that was like the first thing is I it thought dude about I was like, bro? "Is it dude? Is it bro? Is yeah. it bro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's that. Like, ours is like a way of like it's a it's a pronoun pretty much at that point, yeah. or not yeah. pronoun, but a way of like referring to someone else. Yeah. Like, like yeah. what up, dude? What up, bro? Like, yeah. what up, bro? Yeah. Like, it's. I don't know if they say it up, I'm sure they say it up there.
1: <laughs> but I, I I would say like yeah, I've heard with NorCal, like Hella is, is one of their sort of like signature yeah. phrases, you know, words.
0: Yeah, like we're we're talking we're asking two SoCal residents, like what's our SoCal word? I'm pretty sure if you ask someone who isn't from like this area, they, True. they can True. immediately spot like, oh, your word is this, 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 and this. I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, mm-hmm. dope. Oh, maybe it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> We have a lot, apparently. Yeah. Honestly, I just need to turn off my brain and just keep talking and just have someone like listen to me like, okay, Martin, you said this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic subject. And I would love one day if we can find someone who like majored in linguistics and languages and like talk about that. I think that'd be really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, you here, you fit that description, <laughs> hit us up. <laughs> yes. We would love to have you on. Um, any lasting words before we go on to our next segment? No, I think we're good. Awesome. We'll see y'all in a, in a bit. I am so happy to share and present our dear friend Marcus. Um Charlie, do you want any other words before Marcus jumps in? <laughs> yeah, of course. Marcus,
1: I I'm happy to to be able to bring him on. Um it's going to be funny like when people listen to this they're like, "Oh, I know him." Like just from from our our, you know, people that we know and friend groups and whatnot. And so Marcus is actually um, someone who I remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus. Like, I think I met you when I first started working um, at my previous job where you, you you previously worked as well. We won't name it. They know who they are. Um, <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure like I, I saw and talked to you when I first came in for the interview. And I remember... It was yourself and actually one of our former guests, Rubid, um, when you were both working there. And I don't know, like there there was just sort of like this calm, welcoming energy. I remember when I first met you, um, where I was nervous as all heck, just starting my my first true career out of grad school there. And I don't know, like I it was awesome to be able to get connected with you in that way and to know like that's genuinely who you are and and, and the person you you show up as in the world. Um, Just that welcoming, spirited, um, caring person. So that's what I know of you and how I met you.
2: Thank you so much for that introduction. I don't really know how to follow up on that, but I just feel incredibly grateful and excited to be here and honestly astonished that it took me so long to reach out to express just my excitement and my desire to to be on here um yes charlie uh, to follow up on your point i actually helped set up your little welcome to the blank blank um <laughs> and got all the banners ready the desk the little welcoming packet and i remember one of the first things that i knew about you was that you were super into pokemon i think you had like a pokeball on your desk and i was like oh man this guy, this guy this guy's a serious um pokemon trainer so i was like I love it. And I, I don't know, I think that the feelings are extremely reciprocal in me just kind of like sensing and feeling that familiar, calming spirit and energy that you just kind of bring in, uh, radiate out into your, the environment and those around you. And um, now to Martine, one of the, my favorite people that I work with and someone who I've truly been so lucky to call a great friend over the past years, um, someone that loves to play basketball from what i know and always excited just to catch up and really excited to be here uh, a little nervous um just for all the folks listening it's my first podcast ever and so thank you for all tuning in and checking in
1: uh to uh this podcast so Dude, your, your calmness like you would make a pretty good podcast host i'm just gonna let you know that right now so if ever you start your own podcast i think you got the voice for it <laughs> that's really funny because um
2: I would never listen to myself and so when this podcast come out comes out I am probably not going to listen to it just because I I don't want to like hear myself and so I don't know how you both like edit the podcast go back and like cut things out and like listen to it because I'm like maybe just like really shy and so I
1: am just going to be like one take and then I'm I'm done um so I've gotten so used to just like listening, re-listening, like 10 times listening to like doing edits where I'm just like, wow, that's what I sound like. Okay. <laughs> I've gotten so freaking used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, enough, of course, you know, we of, of uh, your gratitude towards us. I mean, we, we greatly appreciate that. We love to learn a little bit more about you. I mean, our guests would love to learn a little bit more about you. So introduce yourself. How would you introduce yourself? Oh, that's a pretty loaded question, but that's a great question.
2: Um, my name is Marcus. I'm from the from San Francisco, California, uh, born and raised, and I am going to be matriculating into medical school this coming fall. Um, G
1: R E word matriculated. There you go. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, it's really funny because I I some I think some part of me like sometimes is a little shy about. Um, Introducing myself because I I think I like to like have people make their own impressions of me rather than me kind of saying oh I do this or I'm this and somehow that they kind of reduce me down to that Um, but obviously when people ask about me I'd be more than happy to share um, which I guess in this case is what we're doing today Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in this moment um, so yes graduated from UC Riverside in 2020 And came back home for a couple of years to not only study for my MCAT, but to really take care and nourish my well-being, you know, just to take a step back and really reflect on where I'm at in my life and if the path that I'm going down is something that I truly want to do. And it's been really lovely to, you know, both reconnect with my family who I've been away from for a while and to be able to just... mm, I don't know, relax a little bit while also just continuing the grind and um, yeah, just focusing on myself and mental health and emotional, spiritual, physical well-being as well. And so um, that's pretty much about me. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure questions will come up later on in the podcast about, and I'll probably like touch into like details of my life that I do or I uh, have experienced. And so uh,
1: thank you for that question. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's awesome to have you on here and Again, as I mentioned before, and I'll mention here, congratulations on on getting accepted into med school. Like that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, I know ever since I've I've known you, like that's something you've worked towards, and so great job on that.
2: Thank you so much. Um, it still doesn't feel real. I I think that coming into this new year, um, kind of just knowing that I made it feels almost like i feel almost disembodied because i'm like Mm -hmm. no this is not real but also just feeling like a huge sense of relief and a weight off my shoulders that um everything that i've dedicated so much time energy sweat tears um has all paid off and obviously i know it's just the beginning of this long and arduous journey but i'm just feeling really grateful for the people in my life and my community for supporting me this
1: far and um yeah 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 it's that uh that sweat equity that you've definitely built up
0: <laughs> charlie you weren't kidding when you were saying that like his calm way of speaking is like so easy and fun to listen to i'm kind of like shit
1: why are we the podcasters
0: <laughs> exactly i
1: mean hey look if you want to take over and, and host this podcast you're more than welcome to marcus hey, that's hey, really hey. funny because I, I think that like i
2: am able to really hide my feelings on the inside so well when I'm just like having to maybe like perform Mm -hmm. Um, or even just like I think mainly speak Um, I do usually have like performance anxiety Um, but I think when if it's like interacting with people I can either um, just like be able to like put on this face or this mask and present myself that still comes off like very authentic even though inside um i'm like like have butterflies i'm like oh shoot did did what i just say did it make sense Mm -hmm. is it landing okay am i being sensitive to (laughs) my listeners our listeners Mm -hmm. to the host you know to everyone and so um but
1: appreciate the kind words again yeah yeah i mean hey i think that that skill set in itself like that would make A great quality for, you know, going into the field that you're going into. I I won't, I won't belabor this just from our our last episode, but I think having that bedside manner and that connection to your, your, your patients and the people you serve is so important, more important than efficiency, if you will, when it comes to medical care and just overall helping service. Oh my God. I moving on.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. we're going to like take a moment real quick, just to Uh, talk about this because i did listen to your last podcast and about efficiency and how martin's like i just like things to get like in and out done i needed to like do things go about my day and charlie's like no bedside manner really counts and um obviously like I, i understand and see both sides um but if you were to ask my humble opinion about this matter i i really think that having bedside manner and really taking the time to invest um you know, and put your attention and efforts toward getting to know your patient and developing a trusting relationship is really the first step in the healing process. Um, And I don't know, at least for me, I, I feel like it's so important that I um am able to do that with others, not even in the medical field, even if it's just, um, you know, talking to a cashier and um or my waiter or waitress and calling them by their name. You know, if they have a name tag, something that I always try to do is like, thank them and I say their name and the reason why I do that is because I, I think I've been on the opposite side of the job or that role where you know I'm the barista or I'm working at Walgreens as a cashier and people will say thank you Marcus and you know suddenly I'm like oh my god like thank you so much for humanizing our interaction and it's just like I have this something about it that it's just so beautiful that I I, I feel like the only like it's my time to like give back or I, I can give back, you know, anywhere I go uh, by doing the same. So um, I hope that answers your question. I'm sorry if that was a tangent. You hear that, no, Martin? That
0: Invest, <laughs> <Wait>. humanize. <laughs> so I love everything that y'all are saying. And I think Marcus said it beautifully a few minutes ago when he's like, we live in this world of urgency. And I think that's like a main culprit for why a lot of us just want to get in and get out because other factors in our lives require us to be so present in that moment to be ur- like, to respond to anything on an urgent, like on an urgent notice right so i think that that's at least my reason for my inability to really like live in that moment when it comes to those situations because like my job or whatever else is going on in my life requires me to be in that moment and respond as urgently as i can but yeah no you're not wrong and you're but,
2: also not wrong i mean yeah. i think it's all about how we've been socialized and taught you know by our parents our community and even like our backgrounds and what we studied and um, you know, I think, yeah. So, Martin, like, there are no sides. I mean, your is point is valid. <laughs> Charlie's point is completely valid, and you know, we're all just here
1: stating our opinions. I mean, this is what we're doing on the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark, see, he's already guiding our conversation. I love it. Um, So, I I think what's going to be really cool about this episode is that it, we're still going to have our our food portion, which we'll dive into next. But I think, yeah, to Marcus's request, um, he he really enjoyed it and wanted to bring in sort of nuances and aspects of the mini-series that I, I worked on, which is still on our Taste of Meeting feed, our the Impact You series, which is really focusing on like what are some like impactful stories, experiences, things that we're we're catching on to that impacted us that we can connect to other people and see how it impacts them. So before we get into that, let's dive into our food portion. Um for, for this food part, I, I think it's going to be something that it's not i guess it could be a food uh however it's looked at it in a different way um but i'll let marcus kind of talk more about that
2: thanks charlie um yeah so i thought that i'd kind of reflect or wanted to talk about something that i have been exploring more uh more recently and that is the topic of tea um i know it's not exactly a food to most people but um Actually, I am Chinese Burmese and one of like a huge staple in the Burmese community is the tea leaf salad. And it's like a combination of textures that has like savory, salty, mildly sour flavors. And I mean, of course, you're also consuming tea leaves. So you are also getting that caffeine kick. Um, but I guess I, I've also just been really drinking a lot more tea. And obviously I do drink like the bag teas, like jasmine, matcha, black tea, but I've also been able to really enjoy having like tea ceremonies with friends where we'd kind of just like gather around, um, have some poor or oolong, or this, it's <laughs> gonna sound really funny, but there's a strain of oolong called duck shit, um, which is actually, that's called that because this farmer, um, was able they didn't want anyone to find out this really sweet aromatic tea that he was able to grow and cultivate so he decided to call it duck shit so that people wouldn't like try to steal it from him um but it is so freaking are we gonna swear i think we are please yes we encourage it (laughs) Um, it is so fucking good and i've just been it's just i think the art of drinking tea has really allowed me to slow down and to you know come back to myself and feel grounded and setting intentions and i think to me um it's also like very meditative and spiritual in a way that allows me to like start my day off with a lot of like easefulness Mm -hmm. and yeah intention and purpose
1: and so um yeah that's my little spiel yeah oh my gosh i have so many like follow-up questions that popped in my mind um one of them, I think, you know, I'm always really curious to know from people like, like, how, how did that food become of meaning and significance to them? And so like for you, like, you mentioned um the, the tea salad, is that what you, you mentioned? Yeah. So like, was that something you like grew up eating or something that like, I, I guess that was common for you growing up? Or like, how did you get introduced to that?
2: That's a really great question.
1: Um,
2: So my dad actually, my dad is the one who, uh, he immigrated from Burma when he was 12 years old. And I think that he was assimilated into American society very fast. And um, he married my mom, who is a second generation Asian American. So I, I think definitely growing up here and coming over so young, it was really hard to kind of transmit the cultural value, or at least a lot of like the food, food, like the foods of Burma and some of the many traditions and so I, I think it was I felt like that part of me that hissed that my ancestry at least my connection to my Burmese lineage was um, kind of writing a fine line or I often felt maybe kind of estranged from it um, my grandma would often cook a lot of Burmese food and um, but it wasn't very often I think she's older now so Um, my family really wants her to kind of slow down and so she's kind of stopped but i have made really good friends i've become really good friends with like a lot of burmese people or some burmese people in san francisco and it's funny because like you wouldn't think or at least from my point of view like i wouldn't think that there is a huge group of burmese people in san francisco and there's really not but once you're in or you find people that are in the community you just get connected to so many different people and so i often go to like uh group gatherings where people just like come over and they make uh traditional foods uh tea leaf salad all the time um so many other different things and it's really been so lovely and almost exhilarating just to be able to like lean into the side of myself that I feel like I have never been able to know um and one of them being tea leaf
1: salad which I also just like love and so (laughs) I had to like incorporate that into this podcast that's dope. I mean, I, I I'm excited to want to try that. Um, yeah. So if you have any recommendations of places or even where I can try that, I would love to. Um, before I go gushing into more questions, Martine, are there some things that are coming up to mind just from what Martine has shared? I mean, from uh, what Marcus has shared.
0: So it's interesting for me because I didn't grow up really drinking tea, or like I still don't really drink it personally myself unless I have like a sore throat or something. That's the only time that tea ever comes into like my diet. So. Originally, I was gonna make a joke and be like, "Oh, the only thing I do with tea is spill it." but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need to go that direction. But um, I really love this like meaningful conversation you're having having behind the what it means to your family, what it means to you, and also like the meditating, like resources and purpose of tea. And I feel like that's something I need to like adopt into my lifestyle and diet because i am noticing it so much right now in this conversation how calm and collected you both are when it comes to how intentional you share your words and how you want to like come across versus with me I feel like my brain is running like a mile a minute and I just say whatever comes into my mind and it just comes out and then after I say it that's when I start to feel like ah oh, shit did this like did this come across correctly did I say something that I should have said or did I not say something that I shouldn't have said so I like that idea of like slowing down and really like taking that moment to like think and process And that's my takeaway.
2: Yeah, thanks for naming that, Martin. I I think that, I mean, to give some background on like how I got into like more like drinking tea and I think just kind of leaning into maybe like some spiritual practices was, you know, definitely during my MCAT, I was living at home during the height of the pandemic. And, you know, I studied it in the same room where I sleep. And so I would go to bed every day feeling so disappointed at the fact that I didn't get everything that I wanted to achieve or accomplish that they'd done. And then I wake up the next morning feeling so overwhelmed by everything I had to do that day on top of all the things that I didn't finish the previous day. And I felt like I needed to lean into practices that would allow me to kind of come back to myself and ground myself because it was like very easy for me to get overwhelmed. And um, I started experiencing anxiety at the time. And so I would wake up at like 5 a.m. before the sun rose and before the my, my family was awake and, you know, have tea or have coffee, um, and just kind of sit on the couch and, you know, listen to, you know, some guided meditations and um it really allowed me to like kinda like slow down. And um I think that's you know, meditation and other spiritual practices like have really transformed the way I not only like view myself, but the world around me and those around me. And you know, when it comes to like tea and tea ceremonies, like for me and my friends, I think that it's really allowed me to appreciate more of like the hands and the labor that went into making the tea. And also just like, when you let the tea steep to like, let it just like the waiting game and that patience and that time that goes by when you let the tea steep is also just like allowing the tea to just like do its little thing and then it being transferred to you and drinking it slowly. Um, I think all that, those little steps, um, are all meditative in and of itself. I don't know if that makes any sense, um. And I'm so sorry if I am
1: incoherent. No, no, it, it totally makes sense. Like I think it's it's that it, it's a process. It's a process that you can see like it it play out and almost in sort of like a human experience where it's like you're 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 seeing how even something as simplistic as tea, and it, and I think this can apply to probably other things that like people consume as well, like the the art, the labor, like you said, that goes into it and 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 being able to really honor that and, and being able to kind of even see like with tea, for example, like it, it brings up different um feelings, emotions, experiences. Like for me, the first thing when I think of tea is <laughs> I feel like I'm too hip in trying to say this, but like it's a vibe for me. Like when when I experience tea, like I I have different moments that i experience it you know like for one i i see it also as that sort of calming um winding down type of process like i'll have it maybe at the end of the day and it's like okay like everything else has kind of washed away in terms of my day and i'm here you know drinking something i love drinking and then also the other process is when i connect with tea is like boba shops like i love boba i love going and having boba and like just being able to appreciate more as as opposed to the artificial flavorings of different types of boba drinks, but more of like the actual tea. Like if I could taste the tea and have that blend in with other flavors, like I can really say like, I love this boba shop or this tea shop um, just because it, I can really appreciate more of the flavors of the tea as it mixes with everything else.
2: Definitely. Um, I also love boba or rather I love milk tea, not necessarily boba um, I think it was also because I never really understood that people enjoyed boba because they would chew the boba um I don't know if I've shared it with this thing you know, this with you before um but when I was like growing up and I would drink boba or even in college, I would like try to sip it like get as many of the boba' balls like, ingest it um, as fast as I could and just swallow it like I'm like and people were like. You know, Marcus, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, hey, what do you mean? Just like, and they're like, well, you're supposed to chew the boba balls. And I was like, oh, well, obviously, I chewed them like once and then just swallowed. But I didn't know that just the the chewing aspect and tasting it was what people were like sought after. Um, maybe for me, I was just more really into like the flavor of the tea, and, like just tasting it. And like, um, I think one thing about something to add to like drinking tea is, you know, I've been listening to like podcasts on um like Buddhist monk and just how much they value tea. And one monk t- uh, shared that, like, you know, it's not just you ingesting the tea and drinking it, but it's you being able to kind of feel and um, as you ingest the tea, like, um how am I, how, how should I put this? Um, my words are kind of scrambling. Um, but how you taste it as it enters your body, but it's not just, it goes beyond that. It's also how the tea encounters and interacts with you as it passes through your digestive system. And I was just like, wow, that is so fucking beautiful. And I was like, wow, so I'm like here driving down at like 7.30 in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, I feel so empowered. The first thing I'm going to do when I get to work, I'm going to have myself a good
1: cup of tea. Um,
2: and yeah.
1: <laughs> so I have to ask, um, before we go into our next deeper dive topic like what what would you say are your top three flavored teas
2: Mm, great question so lately i've been really enjoying poor poor uh which is um has it's fermented and it has a really earthy flavor and i don't know i think that just being able to feel like when i am drinking poor that i i feel very grounded and maybe have a deeper appreciation for just like nature and the earth in and of it like and so um that might sound really cliche, um but that's like kind of my take or at least what um, comes up for me when I'm drinking it. Um, the second one would be definitely oolong i I just love the taste of oolong and um especially like duck shit, which is like sweet and aromatic and um The third one, I would have to be. I would say, I think more recently I've been getting into
1: Earl Grey, which is not something that I've really leaned towards before. Love that. I mean, hey, you gotta, you gotta let me know where to get this uh, duck shit because I, <laughs> I, I'm like very, very intrigued and want to try that. You know, maybe I can look it up. I don't know. Should I look it up right now? I don't know. Um, my friends get it so I
2: don't really have it on me but I can I can ask
1: <laughs> yes find out okay. you know where, where to find that uh, So yeah okay hey I, I think I one I appreciate you bringing this conversation in about tea because um, I think it, it's it's unconventional yes like when people think of food they're thinking you know, of like specific dishes or meals but I think like being able to kind of embody like just I guess I would you consider this almost like an ingredient like it, it, it's it's something that it can be multi-use. And, and, and be able to, to interact with people in a different way. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's dive into kind of like our Impact You topics. And this is something I was telling Marthine, like, I don't know about leading this. I, I hate leading podcasts. I'm not great at it, but I guess I'm I'm taking this on just because it's something that I created Um, in terms of Impact You. And so the idea behind this is really sort of to dive into some topics that, I don't know, like I, I guess really Im- influenced and impacted our day-to-days or things that we've been impacted with recently, um, that I think has a lot of weight and value in seeing how other people could interact with it as well, whether it's the same type of experiences or it could be something completely different, but the concepts could be applied similarly. So I know, Martine, you brought up the slowing down process. I wanted to give you more space if you wanted to expand more on that. Um, was there more that you really wanted to highlight that impacted you
0: about that slowing down? So I know for me, for, for and I think within the last eight to nine months, it's been a huge change. But like a lot of my adult life, I feel like every single time I spoke, it was me like going again million miles a minute, right? I'm just trying to get as much information out there in the limited amount of time I have speaking, and this is translating to college. This is translation translating to like my personal life, into my friendships, into work, right? And as of late, I've been learning to least try to take a step back and process like the information I'm receiving before I start like outputting information so like right now I'm trying to make that like active exercise when I get excited i notice that's when I start going really fast with my details really fast with information but other times when I want to sound you know comprehensive or whatever the term might be I try to slow it down and actually like make sense of what what I want to say because the net net um goal i want is to have intentions and value of everything i say versus just saying it for the sake of saying it what
1: about you marcus any more you would like to expand
0: yes
2: um definitely thank you so much for sharing all that martin um slowing down yeah i i think you know within the past few years or at least more within this last year i've really try to be more aware and more intentional with my words and thinking more clearly before I just kind of maybe react to what people say. I think for me, like when, say, like if I'm experiencing anxiety or so, someone says something that makes me kind of mad or, or, or triggered, I um, instead of like reacting, obviously, I will kind of notice when things are coming up for me, unsettling emotions. Anger um, and obviously wanting to make room for that, but also kind of assessing the situation and then responding. Something I think has really helped me over the years was uh, I read somewhere that, you know, the way you can, you know, respond or how you react to someone who is who angers you or when things are coming up for you is like when you think of like emergencies and the police or the firefighters, um, you know, you dial 911 and they're called first responders and it's because they are obviously like they assess the situation first before they respond. And so I think for me it's like when people are talking um or emotions or things are coming up for me, I like to kind of sit in it and assess what's coming up for me inside before taking action or responding to whatever's happening.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that that's that's very meaningful just in terms of like how you both mentioned sort of one my theme was slowing down of just your your thought process your your ability to like process some of the things you're you're thinking about so that way when you say it, it it kind of in a way like it connects um and then also like with marcus you're saying like just the ability to experience people in a way where you're you're kind of maybe being able to assess like hey like how are they showing up as they're interacting with me because maybe behind the scenes like maybe they're going through their stuff and being able to really assess like hey what's coming up for them and being able to almost distinguish that as being not taking it personally for example or being able to kind of see their experiences different from your experiences um i think for me slowing down it's been something i've been doing a lot lately and almost intentionally because i was forced into it, but I feel like I, I, I almost have to be intentional with it. Um, and that kind of connects with my sort of impact you topic, which is slowing down in, in being able to see the value of the importance of closure. Um, and I've been seeing closure a lot in the sense of right now, I'm in the transition period from one therapy clinic site where I'm earning my hours to another. And I'm going through that process of transitioning and doing termination sessions with some of my clients. And like, I didn't, I didn't really think about it until recently, where it's like, damn, like, I've never really had much of this experience before. It was always like, go, go, go. Like, I'm seeing clients, I'm earning my hours. But really, before, I've never also had the experience where clients stuck around long enough for me to be able to do this. Like clients would sometimes drop off. I would never hear from them, they would ghost me. Um, and that would be it. Whereas now it's like, no, I've built relationships with a lot of my clients and it's been meaningful. And to now be able to have that opportunity to have closure, to be able to process and and identify, like, hey, these are your successes, these are some things, these are some great things you've worked on, and you can carry that over to your next stage of your life, you know, now that I'm no longer your therapist. And so I think that slowing down process and recognizing, like, you know relationships in all different facets having that closure can be important to just be able to transition to just be able to make sense and and understand the emotions of life as you go through it
2: Probably, yeah i think that was really important to to share and to know and really appreciate you taking the time to open up um you know i i think that it, it's, it's clear I know that you're one that really values human relationships and connections and especially deep ones. And I feel like in therapy sessions, it's like the, the perfect example and environment where people can just drop all boundaries, Oh, obviously, you know, through time and through trust and such. Um, but I hope that, you know, on behalf of all of them, that, you know, these people are going to take all the lessons and skills that you've taught them. And they, I don't think they're ever going to forget that um, and I'm pretty sure they're all in and and are they all feel so much gratitude and appreciation for just how much they learn from you um though I've never been in therapy myself, um something I kind of talk about when the topic of therapy comes up or something that I've learned is that you know I think that when people go to therapy, um obviously we all know that it's not supposed to be you know permanent because you know I think we are having someone lend an unbiased ear um, and to take on our own emotional labor. Um, but also in doing so, our therapy, our teachers, empowering us with the skills to be able to one day take on our own emotional labor. And so I think that even though like, you know, right now, this period and this transition, um, there are some, maybe some heartbreak and some loss that um, might be arising for you. I think that you know, these people are going to go on and, and you know, I think that you have transformed them in so many ways you where know, they've always had the potential for growth. Uh, but I, I think that just like in recalling my experience and interaction with you over the past few years, um, I just have, I, I remember like in college when I was going through so much stress and I was being overworked. And then I remember you shared something um, called ocean breathing with me. Um, and that is something, or for all the folks who are listening, um, ocean breathing is Charlie Charlie told me to, you know, kind of imagine yourself being a wave where you're, you know, you're breathing in for about four seconds as like, as a wave crashes onto the shore. And then as a wave leaves the shore, you breathe out for four seconds and you you do that over and over again. And that's just something that, to me, that still sticks with me, you know, years and, you know, <laughs> years after you've shared that with me. And so I just want to take the time to really thank you um, for teaching me that. And it's something that I have shared with others around me. And so I think that these lessons that are and skills that we picked up, like they never really you know, die, but they're just like constantly being carried um,
1: over to those around us. And yeah, I don't know if any of that made sense. Um, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck hearing all that and, and an emotional wreck so i would like to turn to martin to continue this conversation with his add-ons thank you Mar- <laughs>
0: thank you marcus um so it's crazy because like i'm in therapy right now and yes ocean breathing is very powerful um so i and it's like or finding like your inner spirit animal or if, like finding that location where your subconscious can lie in, where you're trying to find peace and patience and always revisiting that location that brings you that like moment of like clarity that you need when it comes to like dealing with situations. Um, And that's also been helpful for me that as I've been learning through it in therapy as well. So you being able to like take that years ago and still use it on a consistent basis today is really awesome. Um, To continue with the conversations of like regarding the importance of closure I think closure is very terrifying right because I don't know about y'all but for me growing up it was really difficult to make those long lasting relationships and connections so once I finally created or established a connection I didn't want to let go because I was so like used to being um lonely and isolated so like closure can be terrifying but I think it's also helpful for us when it comes to like moving forward, right? Because sometimes every connection, friendship, relationship you make doesn't have to be like infinite. It doesn't have to last till the end of time. Sometimes it's meant to like serve a role in the moment of time that you're currently in. And then sometimes it ends and you have to move forward and take those lessons with you. So I think closure again is very scary, but it's something we all need because Lisa it, it shuts a chapter on that story versus like keeping it open ended where you're like uncertain of what's going to happen. So I think closure is very important and necessary.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: I, I guess I didn't look
1: about it that way too. Like that, that sort of like impermanence and and because of that impermanence, it's almost like some people value that a little bit more too. If, if things are going to last forever, like it, it would just be, In a way almost insignificant or and and then be something to see it as like a relationship things in life it's like hey you know what there's there's a natural endpoint. doesn't have to necessarily be bad doesn't have to necessarily be good it just is and part of that is being able to kind of honor that experience um i like this i started to realize as you were talking martine like we're three dudes talking about like emotions and and mental health and and therapy like well oh, this, this needs to happen in the world. This
2: is what I live for. Like if I could have conversations like this with everyone, I I don't know. I think I like would reach enlightenment. I don't know.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. Think. i mean, oh yeah. My heart is like overflowing right now. So much dopamine, so much. No, like
0: <laughs> well mark like to piggyback off Marcus, like these are my most favorite conversations I've had with my friends. Like Marcus and I have had these conversations before. So I'm like, like, these are the moments that I look forward to when you're hanging out with your friends late at night. And it's like, some people late at night is just like partying, doing stuff. But for for me, like, this is very meaningful. We can just sit down and take the moment to really like open up because there's so much that goes on in your everyday like lifestyles that you don't get a chance to really sit down and like, share like your inner like thoughts and monologues, right? So for a moment for this, for three men to talk about mental health, And emotions and to normalize that here on a platform such as a podcast where it's distributed to everyone is so healthy and I think it's like very like um I don't I don't I don't have a great vernacular myself but I think it's helpful moving forward (laughs) totally is
1: it really is I mean like these types of conversations like I I realized I was I was missing it so much even over the past couple weeks so like just being able to come back on the podcast that's been a blessing and then I, I realized, like, you know, Martin, you have Marcus. And then, like, for me, I have Darren. Like, I, I literally had to, like, get on a call with Darren this last week. I was like, dude, like, I need a mental health check-in. Like, <laughs> let's go. Because just things have just been a lot. And so I think having someone or a group of people where you can go to and have these conversations, like, it's, it's healthy. It's normal. It, it should be normalized. Um, let's continue our conversation a little bit and kind of pivoting a little bit to another impact topic where... For me i've been really reflecting on just which feels a little bit more you know agonizing to ponder late at night as you're about to go to bed and i think about this a lot because i i my brain is wired to like as soon as i put my head down thoughts just flood my my mind and i can't stop it and one of the things i thought about recently is like as i'm laying down which one would feel just more detrimental to me i suppose as i'm living through life like one the regret of not taking an action on something that i thought about or should have or wanted to, or the fear of failure, if I were to take that action and take that next step. And I guess I'll share my thought for me, it I think it's more now starting to become that the inaction and the regret, like I can't see myself As as scary as it is to fail or to make a mistake or whatever. Like I know, like I at least took my chance on something and it's given me an opportunity to go in a direction of forward. Whereas for me, like I I would regret, I would be more distraught laying down thinking like, dang, I didn't take an action on this. And what could that have turned into? I think that would keep me up more at night. Um, So that's just something I've been pondering that has really been impacting me.
0: What about you both? Um, To jump into it. I feel like of course of life, nothing's all that black and white where you pick one or the other option. There's a lot of gray in there, but if I had to pick between the regret of like not doing something versus the fear of failure, I think it's also the regret myself too, because I like, you know, going through like the American college system, right? Like when you're graduating high school or community college and you're applying for university, you're not always going to get into every college you go into, right? So I feel like from an early age, I've been used to failure, where it's not necessarily failure, but it's, of course, like, you're not, like, if you apply somewhere, that's a goal you're trying to achieve. So if you don't get in, in some retrospect, that's considered a failure, even though it's not necessarily a failure. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, basically, what I'm trying to establish a point is that I personally, I feel like I have gone through life recognizing that failure happens but it helps you move on and get to the next step whereas with having regret of not doing something at least like it's like what Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky whoever the person said it you miss every shot you don't take right so like regret like seeing an opportunity to like do something and not actually doing it I feel like that eats you more out from the inside than it would be like failing at doing it at least you took the initiative to do something you're like at least you tried like it's always putting in the effort versus no effort at all like one way I live my life when it comes to working out right even though I don't get a nice good pump from a workout at least I did something versus not working out at all And I think that's more um promising than like just like being like oh I didn't give I'm not giving it to my all today in a workout so I shouldn't work out I think it's still worth something to at least do something versus nothing and that's how I feel
2: I don't know how much I could add to this because I agree with both of you uh with all that you've shared. Um uh, but if there's a little snippet that I could add, it's you know, I agree with you, Charlie, and I would rather act on something. Or I'm sorry. I take that back. I'm I'm trying to phrase what how you how you phrase this this um this topic, the conflict of inaction versus fear of failure. Um so to go back to that. I think the way I make decisions these days on whether or not I should do something. um, Obviously I think when any of us like are on the fence about applying for a job, going for an interview, applying for schools, there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that. And I think that, um, you know, a part of us, like there's our ego, our self-worth on the line if we are rejected or we get turned down or um, something doesn't really go the way that we expected. And the way I've started living or, you know, my everyday life is, I think, when, especially when a huge decision that stirs up emotions of nervousness, butterflies, anxiety within me, I kind of ask myself, I take a step back and I ask myself, will I regret not acting on this later on in a scenario where, like, say, like, I didn't, like, say, like, for a job or, well, why I regret later on not applying for this job. So I kind of, like, think two three steps ahead and if i'm like yeah i will i just do it um and i think it's also because i'm also anxious leaning so it's easy for me to think like oh what if this what if that what if this and and then i just start my brain gets wired and i'm up at night um and so i i think definitely like i don't really have a fear of failure even though the emotions of like you know where you feel like your sense of self-worth might be, you know, low, low self-like low self-esteem, low self-confidence if things don't go your way arise for you. Um, I'd rather go through that um than regret not acting upon um
1: a decision to be made in the moment. Um, if yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, thank you both for sharing that. And again, I, I think with any of these impact you topics, um, it it's really about this is how it's influence and impacted us, and and I encourage you all as as listeners to really think about that. And like, hey, you know, like this is what these these fellows said, and this is how it looked like for them. And how does it look like for me? Have I experienced something similar, or could this impact me differently? And 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 could I now see how this potentially could apply to other things in my life, or see things differently? And really, that's what the point of it is. It's just like hearing other people's experiences and stories, and and different things that will start to pique your interest or peak your brain or just like whoa like okay now how do I reflect on that for me? What does it look like for me? Um yeah I mean that, that's kind of the meat of kind of our conversation. I know the next part, uh Martine's gonna be able to introduce a little bit more for our food for thought.
0: Oh this one to be interesting. So as everyone knows we have our food for thought segment which is something we establish a topic where we want the listeners here to think about themselves from when we end the episode today. And this food for thought topic is about, is regarding Valentine's Day. Since, you know, it's February, we're in that Valentine's month. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen the marketing and they're seeing everything about Valentine's and their daily lives. So, something I want to talk about was the idea of the three C's and possibly adding a fourth C. So, for the, and when I mean by C's, I mean like the alphabetical letter C, like ABC, um, in case it sounds like I'm saying like, The ocean, sea, but enough about me. So the three C's to remind everyone are compromise, commitment, and communication, which are all vital things, vital things needed for a healthy, long-lasting relationship. What I want to propose today and hear everyone else's thoughts about this is introducing a fourth C about comprehension, comprehension, because you know you can see this in your daily lives with friends, relationships, even at work, at school you can communicate as much as you can, but if the other party isn't comprehending what you're saying, it seems like you're talking to a wall, right? Like how can you move forward if someone isn't listening, right? If they're not taking what you say and move forward with. Simple example could be like, you know, expressing your needs. Like, oh, like one thing that most relationships can relate to is like, oh, who's going to wash the dishes tonight? If someone expresses like, oh, could you wash it? That's communication, right? And if they don't, you know, listen or try to you know communicate back but not comprehending what's going on so that's a very simple classic example i just want to pass it over to y'all to see what do you think about that like what do you think about the 3c's with commitment compromise and communication and how do you feel about the subject of comprehension before it marcus yes. good question
2: loaded question for sure comprehension i think that's especially in times of like conflict and challenge. I think one of the f- the one thing, one thing that I really kind of like abide by or try to do my best to live by is um, kind of putting my ego aside, because I think that when you come into a con- conversation or a heated argument or two different opposing thoughts or perspectives, it's easy for you to, to want to talk and to, to, to share what your thoughts are and, i think it's easy for that part of you or your your thoughts and your perspectives um to kind of shroud your ego and your ability to like really take in and listen to what someone has to say i i think for me it's like even though it's hard in the moment to like listen to what someone else is saying to me when they're sharing or opening up i i want to be able to like see and i i want to like to let them know that like that what their viewpoint or perspective is also is also valid, and um, obviously like one of the first things I say when uh, during an argument or conflict is I will you know thank the other person for sharing, and um, I, th- I think just like even in doing that acknowledging them, um, yeah, there's just a lighter energy in the room um, or in the environment, and I I feel like sorry I don't even know if this is like even sensible or on topic anymore, but uh, comprehension yes. Um, Yeah, I think for me, it's just like confronting my own ego and really just like recognizing, you know, what is coming up for me? There's maybe anger. Maybe there's like hurt. There is a sense that, oh, this person isn't understanding where I'm coming from. But then I ask myself, am I truly understanding where they're coming from? Um, And so I I think, you know, that whole process really allows me to like take a step back and um, kind of work through conflict and stuff and has all. Truly, over the years, allowed me to not only slow down, but to be able to resolve conflicts or um, be able to see the other person's perspective or see the gray rather than
1: it just being like black and white. Um, that's my take. So far. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I I would imagine there's you could probably add like 50 different C's to this, and it, it could all be applicable. Because I mean, I I thought of one that I think resonates a little bit more for me is is compassion. Um, I think within a lot of relationships that I experience in my life, it, it's being able to have that compassion for other people. Because you know, people are going through their own shit, and people are are having different experiences in their life. It could be struggles, trauma, you name it. And I think having just that compassion for other people is impactful in the sense of it can really shift for them of being seen being um, validated of being like hey you know what like this person didn't add more shit onto my plate they didn't sort of contribute to that but it's like this person's really able to like take everything in in their sort of I'll use your word Marcus like ego or things that however they're experiencing this person but really saying like no like that let's push all that aside let's have the compassion for other people and I think brings in that that humility and humanity to more relationships yeah I think that's a food for thought for a lot of people is just to kind of think about maybe what C would you add to this list when it comes to relationships? Um, and also thinking about like all these different topics we've talked about and and seeing like, how does this impact and resonate for you all? Um, so again, you know, we'd love to hear from you all. We we have an email, haven't gotten any emails, people get on it, um, meaning at gmail.com, reach out.
0: Also, everyone, don't forget, we do have the Q&A section as part of the episode. So you're, you can literally shoot questions straight to us through Spotify. Yeah. So, in case you don't feel comfortable sharing your email address, at least you can actually like, talk Fair. to us directly on Spotify.
2: Can I leave all of like all of the listeners and all of us too mm-hmm. with one question that I came across like not too long ago that really just like is honestly like mind fucking kind of in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was playing this card game called "Where Should We Begin," and it's like a game that asks very deep questions and it's really a card game that's there's not like a winner there's no like competition but really a game that um fosters uh like you know cultivates or at least you know if you're with a good group of people like you know a very safe and trusting environment and it really allows people to like really open up and dive you know take a deep dive inward and there's one of the cards that read this question that i just like cannot ever forget and would share any day um so the question is what is one thing you don't give yourself enough credit for and ever since i read that question i just like my mouth is literally i've been picked trying to pick it up off the floor ever since i read it and somehow i, I just can't pick it up because um yeah it's just like stuck so i want to leave everyone and all of us with that question once again, what is one thing you don't give yourself enough credit for?
0: That's a whole podcast episode in itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even <laughs> going to
1: begin to answer and unpack that because like I'm, <laughs> I'm reflecting and, and, and being able to pick my jaw up the floor too. Um, but yeah, thank you for that gift and thank you for offering that, uh, Marcus. And so I want to first, before we do our sort of closing, like I want to thank you so much. I mean, I think you brought a lot of just peace, a lot of wisdom. I think all the things I've known about you, people got to see and experience through this podcast. And so thank you for reaching out and and wanting to be a guest and happy to have you and also happy to have you for any future episodes. You're welcome. Always back on. Thank you both
2: so much for having me. Um, And thank you listeners for tuning in. I want to apologize if if what I was saying wasn't landing for you all. And, um, but I don't know, I feel like I've always been like camera shy or podcast shy, if that's even a type of shy, but I guess it is now. Um, but I think that doing this kind of test run for me, um, something like I would love to continue doing in the future and, um, you know, want to thank you both have been such great inspirations and very much role models in my life. And, um, yeah, just, I'm in like the state of like deep gratitude and want to be able to like express that. I'm. I feel like I'm a very expressive person. And I can't like hold things in, especially when it comes to like how I feel towards other people. And so just really want to take this moment to like express uh, my love and just how lucky I feel to call you both um, such great friends and up
1: my community. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really feel that. I mean, I, I feel completely the same as well for you. I mean, I think, Going through this experience, I've I've gotten to see another like quality of of you just through this interaction, and I freaking love that. (laughs) So I think it's a almost like a relationship building podcast for us too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's been great just growing up with you and seeing you know just looking forward to growing up more of you in the future. Excited for you for your next chapter in your life, and you know we're always here.
1: Yeah, I mean when you become a, a famous helping professional i mean don't forget about us we want to welcome you back on and and hear about how your journey is going we'll still be doing this like 30 years from now watch i just hope that you
2: both have time for me because i'll be checking in periodically to see how you're both doing (laughs) physically mentally emotionally spiritually all good Good. all that that. yeah we need that
1: Cool. All right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Taste of Meaning. I guess Slash also impact you. Um, so we love uh, for you all to continue to tune in, um, support us in, in any way possible. Um, so definitely continue to take care of yourselves and most importantly, take care of others. We'll see you all soon.